let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, is Nala the next big thing in the DMV? That's National Landing, an area in Northern Virginia that is on a mission to be the next great live and work center. There's already an Amazon building in the area, and with $4 billion in transportation investments, plans for a water garden and new restaurants. Axios's Junaid Dill says the area is hoping to compete with DC's downtown. Oh, and after the interview, our lead producer Priyanka Tilve will be joining us for a conversation sponsored by Alliance Frances about their upcoming trip to Paris, their language classes, and all the other cool work they're doing. So stick around to learn more. Today's Wednesday, October 18th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC is talking about. You wrote this piece on how National Landing is taking on downtown D.C., and I really want to get into what that means, especially considering that I've never actually heard anyone naturally refer to any local neighborhood in D.C. as National Landing. That's got to be like PR speak or a PR rebrand, right? Yeah, I mean, it's this mocked name, kind of. Does anyone know anyone who calls it National Landing? I, I mean... I don't know. It's Pentagon City. It's Crystal City. It's that part of Arlington that's now, I guess, called National Landing. Janet, have you ever actually referred to it that way in casual conversation? Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't even. I frequent the Costco there. And to me, that is firmly Pentagon City. OK, so what is so special about, quote, National Landing anyway? What's going on over there? Everyone there just thinks Everything's on the up. They talk about innovation. They talk about Amazon. They've got this thing, the Virginia Tech Innovation Campus. Literally, it's in the name, I guess. And they want to take on downtown D.C. They see themselves as sort of a downtown. Obviously, like, literally, D.C. has one downtown. But they see this area, National Landing, as a hub for business, for residential too. And they are posting all these stats about jobs created, $4 billion in transportation investments, a pedestrian bridge they're going to build from sort of Crystal City to National Airport so you can walk to the airport. They want to position themselves as an alternative to downtown, which is struggling very much right now in D.C. So I don't want to crap on this plan or this part of the city, but it's giving me major... Go like, ahead, please do. <laughs> well, let's do it. I mean, it's giving we me... We got to hear the other side. Exactly. I'm getting, like, major monorail from the Simpsons episode, like, oh, we're going to have this, we're going to have that, we're going to have this. Like, when they... So they're building themselves as, like, an innovation district. 
How does that hold up? And what is what does it mean exactly? Like, what are they trying to do with that? There's definitely some substance here. They're going to have a pipeline of workforce talent that's going to ideally come out of Virginia Tech's new campus. You talk about tech jobs, talk about jobs for government contracting, which is huge in Nova. It's they're trying to build a pipeline for talent, which tech companies need like they can't hire fast enough in many ways still, especially those government contractors. So they're, like their substance here, obviously, they're building lots of new apartments and it's a growing area and Amazon has added like the blind share of the new jobs there. I, National Landing posted 15% job growth last year. That's mostly thanks to Amazon. That's like far ahead of downtown DC, which was apparently at only 3%. It's like better than Tyson's and Roslyn and Southwest DC, or rather Capital Riverfront in sort of Navy Yard Southeast. So like some of these are maybe they seem kind of out there like a pedestrian bridge, but like I that that's still something they're planning. And I think they're giving downtown a real sort of challenge because downtown is really struggling with the office market. We're trying to slowly turn that into residential. It's going to take a lot of time. And it's all of a sudden you have something new and appealing across the river. Why do you think that area is having so much more success than what we know is downtown? Part of it, I mean, is that it, I think, isn't entrenched like downtown. I mean, like downtown was really built to be a commuting office area. Like you went in there to go to your office pretty much. And then all the wraparound businesses and amenities were kind of catered to that audience. And you sucked out all of the federal jobs, essentially. And a lot of the other offices also aren't back. So suddenly you have a region like National Landing or Another similar example, frankly, is Navy Yard, which was built up from the ground and was built with a mixed-use environment in mind. So you had not just offices, you had homes and you had retail that was just inherently more diverse in use than just office buildings and restaurants that cater to it. So, I mean, you, you, a lot of it's kind of like they're building it now. I mean, there's still a lot of vacant areas in National Landing or Pentagon City. But they have their problems, too. They have a pretty high vacancy rate. It's actually highest in the region in Pentagon City, Crystal City, that area. And that's kind of because they have a lot of old buildings as well. And they're having struggles filling those as well. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sums Food Pantry. 
Grab tickets before they're gone at some.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. What role does Amazon and the Amazon facilities play in trying to make national landing happen, like a thing? Yeah, national landing is kind of like maybe lives and dies by Amazon because it was really Amazon that like spurred this new name and this whole rebrand and everything. Amazon just built two of their office towers and they are taking some more time to build that building that looks like a helix or a snow cone or whatever you think it looks like <laughs> they're gonna still build it apparently but start construction next year and so that's a bit of a delay to bringing all the staff and employees that they plan to bring there so i mean that's like the biggest employment boost for them and then if you can get all those workers you can build housing and then you can build restaurants and other things around around it so I mean, it's a huge anchor for that place. Is downtown D.C. doing anything to compete with National Landing? Downtown D.C. has its own slogan. They call it unparalleled opportunity. They I have never heard that <laughs> slogan before once in my life. This is news to me. These are all of the PR speak, <laughs> all of the just awkward sounding things you can imagine. It's all in here in this story. I was at a meeting a few weeks ago and they had these words, unparalleled opportunity projected onto the walls of Planet Ward, one of the museums in downtown around Franklin Square, which is like still much quieter than it was pre-pandemic. And they think they're going to turn all these offices or many of them into residential and that that'll provide this great opportunity to rethink downtown. But, I mean, that's going to take a long time. In the meantime, the federal workers aren't coming back that it really needs to juice the downtown economy. The Washington Post had a bombshell recently reporting that the Wizards, the Capitals, Capital One Arena could move to National Landing and Nova. And whether that would actually happen, whether that's just monumental sports, which own the teams, whether they're just trying to bargain with D.C. over some investments they want the city to make to their current arena. Who knows, right? But the fact that that's out there is a pretty big deal. I mean, the idea that Capital One Arena could vacate downtown and go to the suburbs would just be a soul-crushing loss for downtown. Yeah, that would be... There's not. It doesn't seem like there would be much coming back from that. And having a DC sports franchise, when you go watch them, you go to, you don't go to downtown DC, you go someplace else. That would really solidify, like, who's, who is the real downtown in the area? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's this, I guess there's this fight over who wants to be downtown. I still kind of can't get over that name, National Landing. Do you think that's going to stick in terms of being like a name and a destination? And what do you make of the portmanteau of National Landing, Nala? Like Nala will always be the lion from The Lion King to me, but what do you think? Is this really happening? God, I mean, I've never heard Nala and just saying it out loud. I don't know (laughs) if that would ever catch on. 
rebrands have a funny way of either working or just being mocked into oblivion. And what's kind of bizarre here maybe is that Pentagon City existed. Crystal City existed. Like that area north of Alexandria had a name. And I don't know if just combining three distinct sort of areas under one name works, but it certainly works for this thing called the National Landing Business Improvement District. And that's a mouthful, but they're just a group that's a big cheerleader for the place. They try and attract employers. They work with government officials. But I mean, is that going to filter down to normal people speak? I don't think so. But I mean, I never thought I'd hear the day when people called the area that is now sometimes known as Noma. I never thought Mm -hmm. I'd see the day where that was a thing. And now people say it. So who knows? Yeah, look at Noma. Right. (laughs) So given all that, given all this PR speak about unparalleled opportunity, who do you see winning out here? What we know is downtown D.C. or Nala. Ooh, even just saying it sounds weird. D.C. still has the cultural powerhouses. It still has the greatest restaurants, the greatest chefs. All that firepower is still in Washington, and it's in D.C. And, I mean, the museums alone, right? So it, it, it needs to change, and it needs to pivot to a new age of teleworking, And if it can get some federal workers back, that'll help as well. But I think what's going to emerge is you're going to have not just one downtown core in the region, in the DMV. You're going to have places like National Landing and Tyson's, which is growing, and the Clarendon, sort of Ballston, Roslyn corridor, and also Navy Yard. I mean, it used to just be that it was downtown D.C. in many ways. And now you have all sorts of regional hubs competing one another against one another. I don't know who's going to win. Downtown DC is not winning right now. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. But that's such an institutional advantage they still have uh, over the rest of this you know, region. I mean, just remember when people would call Arlington soulless. Does Arlington have a soul now? That, that doesn't happen overnight. Downtown D.C. has a lot going further in that respect. That's such a good point. Janate, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'll see you in Nala. I'll see you in maybe Noma. Instead. Noma. <laughs> <laughs> and listener, don't go anywhere. In just a second, we've got a segment sponsored by Alliance Frances. Lead producer Priyanka Tilvey is chatting with the organization's executive director about some exciting events coming up that you can join. Hey, I'm CityCast DC lead producer Priyanka Telvey, here with Sarah Delis-Janty, the executive director of Alliance Francaise. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for being here. Bonjour, Priyanka. I'm very happy to be here, too. So, Sarah, I hear that next April, Alliance Francaise is planning a fashion trip to Paris. What is that all about? Well, Priyanka, um, we are relaunching our trip series at the Alliance Francaise, the French Language and Cultural Center in D.C., And uh, in 2024, in April, from the 21st to the 28th of April, we will have a trip to Paris around the theme of fashion. We will be meeting fashion designers. We will have dinner one night with a few fashion designers. We'll go to their workshop. 
We will have a welcoming and closing dinner. We will have a perfume masterclass and perfume making. We will visit some uh, high locations of fashion history in Paris, including museums. That truly sounds like the coolest trip. And as the person setting it up, it sounds like you have the coolest job. <laughs> How does this fit into Alliance Francaise's overall goals? Well, our mission is to promote uh, the French language and the Francophone cultures in the plural, because there are many countries in the world where French is either the official language or the second official language or one of the languages that uh, you know used in the country. So we don't focus exclusively on France. So for instance, we always had local designers from either France or who had studied in France, but they were not French. There's always a link with the mission, but we, we like to open it up. Are you connected with the French government or the French embassy for these things, or how does that work? So Alliance Française in D.C. is a independent, non-profit, non-governmental. So we're not affiliated with the French government. Uh, we do partner with them for events. Uh, we offer French classes all levels from beginner to completely advanced, from age one to 99, cultural events and the library in French language. We do partner also with other French-speaking embassies, Belgium, Luxembourg, Monaco, but also from uh, the African countries or from Madagascar, the Middle East, every country that had French as an official language or had it separately, like Georgia, the Caucasus, Serbia, Greece, you know, all of these countries. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and then there are lots of like cultural events you mentioned as well. Correct. So our, our cultural offerings are not only focused on fashion. We offer author readings. Uh, some famous French authors come to the Alliance and speak about their books. Actually, the next one will be in November. It will be Giuliano da Ampoli. So that's very exciting. We also have uh, lecturers who can come to talk about uh, many subjects. It could be uh, climate change or it could be uh, uh, the buildings of Washington, the French influence in D.C., it could be wine tasting and we, we have, um, you know, uh, music sometimes. We have film festivals a lot. Uh, so, yeah, we a lot of events. I think you'd mentioned that there are lots of other educational activities that you all host, right? Right. Yes. Well, the classes are for adults and kids. You know, we start as, at the young age as one. But we also have uh, the classes are group or private online and in person. And then we have certifications and the certifications very important because if you want to emigrate either to France or uh, to Quebec or to Canada, each country has a specific certification that proves that you can speak the language and therefore when you arrive, you're not lost and you can actually start working. So you need to be at a B2 level. If you want to acquire French citizenship because you've been married for a few years to a French person, you can do so, but you have to prove that you can speak French and uh, it means that you need to take an exam that shows that you're at B1 level. So it's a little bit harder than getting the U.S. citizenship in terms of proving the language. And then, of course, if you want to uh, go to France for university and you've done uh, French 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 and AP, you can take the exam that will show that you speak French uh, well enough to go to France for undergrad study. And you can also do the same. Let's say you, you learn French in college and you really, really want to do the postdoc or a PhD in France, or you want to work with Doctors Without Borders or, or the UNO, you need to take those certifications. That's we're on the only place in DC for that. So if people want to sign up for the French language classes, the cultural events, any of these other services that you mentioned, 
where should they go? Well, they should go on our website. FranceDC.org is, uh, is our website. Amazing. And then the magical trip to Paris that you mentioned, when exactly is that again? That's going to be 21st of April to 28th. So the, the trip will not include the plane fare, but the uh, price, which is around $5,000 and a bit more, depending whether you're single or not, includes the breakfast, the room, all of the visits, dinner with the designers, welcoming and uh, closing dinner and all of the visits, yeah. Great. And when is the deadline to sign up for that? The deadline will be March and people can pay an installment plan as well. Plenty of time. Is there also a capacity? Like how many seats are available? We will accept up to 30 people. We won't uh, do the trip if we don't have at least 20, but we will accept 30 people. Okay. So sign up so that you can go on that trip to Paris. Maybe more than 20 people and only 30 people get to go. So get signing. All right. That's amazing. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you at CityCast. Check out francedc.org to learn more. We'll have that link for you in our show notes as well. So you're just a click away. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about Alliance Francaise, be sure to check out our show notes. They're doing a ton of cool work. And before you go, here's some quick news. U.S. Secret Service officers arrested 49 Jewish activists outside the White House on Monday. They're calling for President Biden to push for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas conflict and were arrested for allegedly crossing safety barriers and blocking entrances. There are more peace protests planned in D.C. today as Biden arrives in Israel. Also, Virginia's sales tax holiday is happening this weekend. That's when shoppers can buy qualifying items without paying the 5.3 percent sales tax. The sales tax holiday usually happens in August, but lawmakers forgot to organize it because of budget negotiations. And finally, the Spice Corporation, McCormick & Co., has sent a cease and desist letter to Crab Cakes and Cannabis, demanding the small business stop selling their sticker that mimicked the branding of Old Bay Spice. The sticker looked exactly like the Old Bay Spice container, but with language such as dank herb or best used for chilling, creating, munching, medicating. McCormick said the parody sticker would damage the reputation. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend that you can't wait to grab a beer with at National Landing. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.